You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of, oh shit, meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. If you are looking for a mentor this year that will really help facilitate the next level of potency in your leadership and in your erotic alchemy process, which just means learning how to amplify, transmute, and shift energies that sometimes can feel stagnant or heavy or challenging or contract and you want to turn them essentially into erotic electrifying turn-on and you want to play right at that edge that I like to call the erotic edge, then I highly recommend checking out my new program. It's a mentorship for my one-on-one clients that is all about us learning to become masters of eros, learning how to work with the seasons of death and winter and loss and turn them into something, you know, from something that depletes us into something that fuels us. And so I highly, highly recommend checking out the page. It's nadiamunla.com forward slash erotic edge. We've got a couple of different options for you. We have um, the way that I love to work is a six month container always. It's tried, tested and true. I've been doing it for nine years. Um, And then there's also a three-month container if you are someone who likes to take everything and compact it a little bit more. If you're really working on going into an in-depth immersion over um, a smaller amount of time, if you don't have the space to go to sort of pull it out and do it over six months, then, you know, this three-month package could be an option for you as well. In both cases, you get Voxer support from me. In both cases, you get the option to do a two-day in-person erotic movement immersion with me, um, which also can be done online virtually on Zoom if you're someone who cannot travel but you really want to do this. So there are so many options, but this is a combination of sort of traditional life coaching calls combined with an in-person immersion combined with in-between call support so really it's the full uh what do they call it the full enchilada ladies um so reach out take a look at the uh site and if you have any questions you know where to find me um there's a direct link to apply there. That's always the best way to get on an exploration call with me where we really get a sense of whether it's a fit or not. Because in this particular program, I only take a handful of people a year. So I always love to hop on the phone and make sure that this is going to be a situation that's like win, 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 where there's going to be magic and fireworks and it's going to be the best decision for you. All right. So I hope to talk to you soon. Today you are listening to a coaching episode. In these episodes, you get a little peek into what is normally a private space, my one-on-one coaching practice. This really gives you a glimpse into what it's like to be guided and held by me and will hopefully leave you with some key aha moments.
Everyone who's coached here in these episodes has consented to publicizing these sessions and remains anonymous for the sake of confidentiality. See if you can bring words to what your heart wants to share. And it doesn't have to be clear, clean, can be messy. And allow your heart to just show us in layers of unfolding what's there. Mm. Yeah, I love that messy invitation. That feels really, it feels open mm-hmm. and inviting, actually, which is very beautiful. And yeah, what what is this deep yearning in my heart that I feel at the moment is like this craving around motherhood and sexuality or pregnancy and sexuality and being seen and witnessed and also being felt by myself in an embodied sense of like I'm still here like the sexual being is still here Mm. in the midst of this transition into mothering phase and yeah this confusion that comes with it it's my first child and I'm like oh I'm so deeply confused I don't know I'm in the void yeah the void yeah ah the void <laughs> so, so terrifying and also so fertile mm-hmm. It's that place where there's an there's an ending and there's beginning, but we can't really find where we are. And so we feel a little bit like Alice in Wonderland when she's dropping down into that, you know, whatever it's called. And it's just like, what is happening? Like, am I about to enter the best thing ever or am I falling into the abyss? Right. Like it's like it's a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 And so what I really heard there, and um, let's just start to finesse it and see if this is what's feeling true for you. But what I heard was that there is this deep yearning to not lose a part of yourself in the process of stepping into motherhood. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a part that's so precious to me. Like I really honor and value my my pleasure, my eroticism, my sexuality. I, I really hold it in very high regards. And I think I'm also clinging to it a bit because there is a certain form that it had until now where I was really comfortable with it mm-hmm. and I'm forced to let that go right now and it's like exactly like you say is just the best thing ever mm-hmm. or is it like my nightmare which is like this you know cliche around the asexual mother yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you're really naming the fear right the fear here is I'm going to become an asexual mom. 
Mm-hmm. And the desire is to continue to weave this important part of who you are, your sexuality, your eros, through this new identity shift into motherhood. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you sort of beat me to it, but I was about to say, yes, actually, that part of you is going to have to die. <laughs> But then you said it, right? Because you know that that death grip, that holding on to that version of your sexuality is what's causing the suffering. Mm. Because that version of your sexuality cannot exist anymore. Mm. Yes. It's it's so powerful to have that reflected back to me I'm like wow this sinks so deep (laughs) and I remember I just said it in different words but it's such a different Mm -hmm. has a very different quality when you reflect it back to me oh yeah and what you also said was that there's a new version of that that gets to come online Mm. so it's not that okay r.i.p sexuality the end You're not burying that part of you. The Eros, right? The actual energy is just transforming out of a particular experience that was a part of who you were as a maiden. Mm. Now that energy gets to circulate in a different body. And that is the body of the mother. And how fucking cool is that? Because there's so many things that are going to shift. There's so much that you've never experienced before that you will experience when you are an erotic mother. Mm. It's a different body. It's a different lifestyle. It's a different perspective. It's a different level and access to your heart. I'm not a mom. So I speak about this very theoretically, right? But I've heard from friends of mine who are mothers that there is a blowing up in your heart that happens. There's this like complete Oh, like next level of unconditional love and your heart just breaks open into a million pieces in the best way possible. And they're like, it's the most ecstatic thing you can ever feel. Mm. Oh, do I long for that? Wow. <laughs> right. Cause that's a level of erotic. That's oh, like beyond my understanding because I am in a maiden body. Right. Mm. And so what if there is this acceptance, there is this grief of the loss of a certain experience of your eroticism? Yes, that will go away. But that doesn't mean there's a gap, a void, an emptiness. It just means it gets to be filled with something even better. Yeah, there's, I love that perspective and I can feel how 
my whole system is yearning to trust that much that it's only going to get better in this different version and at the same time I hear this voice in my head that's like what if that's not for you Mm. Mm. what if that is for you know other women the lucky ones but not for you the lucky ones so let's let's talk to this voice. Let's understand what this voice is. Just here to protect you from, right? Mm. So if you just had to just for fun, right? Like personify this voice. But with, with this voice, what like what age is this voice? Is it a woman, a man? Like what are they dressed in? Like let's just give this voice a little bit of a cartoon character vibe. <laughs> yes she's a crone for yeah. sure and a bit of a hag perhaps actually yeah. <laughs> yeah she has this you know a bit of bitterness around her facial expression and she's really like cynical she's like what what you know yeah of course some women are lucky but you not probably does she remind you of anyone she's a bit like my grandmother yeah that's like you know sexuality isn't everything eros isn't that important right look for look for security look for stability but not for not for the pleasure not for the spark yeah. yeah. Do you feel pretty secure and stable in your current circumstances, like your partnership, your lifestyle? Yes, I do. Cool. Yeah. So check. You made, you made <laughs> grandma happy. <laughs> you get a you get a gold star from grandma. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So perhaps there is a story in your system around like, okay, so I have the, it's not like you're choosing between the two. You're saying, oh, I feel pretty secure and stable, but there's something with the voice and grandma that are saying you have to choose. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. So by virtue of the fact that you have security and stability, your system goes, I can't have the other one too. Yeah. That would be what would happen. Yeah, that would just be greedy in a way, or, you know, not to be expected with. That would be some very, very few lucky women might get that. But that's not my not my journey that's not my journey mm-hmm. so this voice that says that's not my journey right the old cynical hag as you called her why is she saying it's not your journey hmm
it feels like she's saying something along the lines of you're not one of those chosen ones mm. right like yeah you can be lucky but within a certain framework of mediocrity let's say mm-hmm. and that is beyond what you're destined to experience who are these people chosen by who chooses them yeah i want to i mean when, when when i connect to her she says something like god in the very catholic christian kind of way and and their family riches almost like there there was a a monetary quality coming in that i wasn't expecting or really seeing but it was like yeah they've earned it in a way that we didn't our family didn't we didn't earn that what do you have to do to earn being chosen you have to work harder and try harder and do more do more be more ambitious and then when you're lucky you get chosen something along those lines and when you zoom out right and you sort of come back to you do you feel that working harder trying to get validation getting rewarded right that feeling of earning is a foundation for more erotic energy moving through anybody (laughs) no certainly not certainly i mean i do believe in that sometimes a certain degree of discipline can support us if we want to implement a new let's say pleasure practice or whatever but in a general sense of like allowing this quality to flow through us and move us and yeah, be be moved by us. No, certainly not. Do you personally feel like, do you hold the belief that our erotic energy, our life force energy is our birthright, that it's just something that we all could have access to? Mm. Yes. So it really sounds to me, just as we're digging a little bit, that there's two opposing programs in your system. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's these two different parts of you. There's the part that knows feels like okay there is this we all have the ability to if we unblock our system in a certain way to have this erotic energy move through us then there's this other part of you that's like no no i we have to earn it we gotta we gotta muscle our way to it there there's an element of more of that masculine discipline 
the doing, like I got to do in order to feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interestingly tied in with, you know, God a little bit in that it's like, okay, I have to, one has to earn being chosen. And then it's sort of like, you know, it's like the magic wand comes down from the sky (laughs) and it's like, okay, you, you get to feel orgasmic all the time because you worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I hear you laughing because the other part of you is like, that's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But it's also part of your truth. Yes. And it may not be your actual like essential truth but it's a program that's running that's really convincing you all day every day pretty hard like no 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 this is true it's not your journey it's only for those few other people who get chosen by god you're not chosen by god right like it's like right there as a hum in the back of your day to day It really is. Yeah, it really is. And it's also pushing me to, you know, try and implement certain practices or do stuff in order to reconnect to my erotic energy. But it just doesn't want to work like this. And I can feel the pressure that's building up inside of me, like in a very practical way and also in a very embodied way. That's saying like, yeah, do it. Come on, use your JDAC and do this embodiment and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't. And it's, it's so interesting to have these narratives, these opposing narratives pointed out so clearly. And it, it, it almost is, yeah, it's comic, right? It feels very comical and a bit tragical as well, but... <laughs> It has a funny aspect to it because it's so ridiculous in a way. Well, listen, all of us, when we get to zoom out, and this is the fun part of mindset work, right? Like we get to zoom out and someone can be like, oh, here are the two things that are in opposition in your system. And you're like, you finally see it. And you're like, so weird, right? Like we all have that. And it is like, as humans, we are comical. I sometimes sit there and watch ants And I'm like, oh my God, they're so funny. Like, you know, there's sometimes when they're just carrying all these big things and I mean, they're working hard, right? Like they're very excited about it, I think. Um, But, but I get to look from the top and just see what's happening. And I sometimes feel when we get pointed out these programs that are running in our, our own systems, we, we sort of have that perspective. We look down and we're like, oh, look at all of us humans, like each one with a different paradoxical programming. And we're all just 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 running around like sort of confused and not knowing what to do and it's comical and it's also tragic right (laughs) because we all just want we have this deep yearning right and so in this conversation that yearning is like oh I just want to feel like really erotic and orgasmic and not lose this part of myself and hear all the things that keep coming up and so yes you're right and it's 
It, it is really funny when we go, okay, I'm going to schedule in JDEG practice, or I'm going to schedule in self-pleasure. I'm going to schedule in feeling myself. And it's, it's a fine line because I do think a certain level of structure can really be helpful in that if you create containers for yourself, if we don't create containers for things we want to do in our lives, often we go unconsciously throughout the day. And what we do is we spend our day uh, just responding and reacting to what is presented to us instead of going, no, I'm going to create my reality and I'm going to take these, this next half hour to be with myself. Right. So that's a really supportive way to use masculine energy and structure. What's not supportive is to add in, okay, you have to feel this way as you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so maybe what might feel supportive for you is instead of being like, I must do Jada practice, feel a certain way about it, da, 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 have a result, right? Like, and, and that pressure swell every time, which then creates more resistance, which makes you not want to do it. And then you don't do it. And then you feel shame because you didn't do it. And right. And now we have a big snowball of all the emotions, yeah. none of which are pleasurable or ecstatic in any way. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like, we can do that version or we can do the version where we go, okay, every morning for 30 minutes at some point before middle of the day, I'm going to give myself time to connect with myself, how I do that, what I do, or how I'm supposed to feel, how much I feel, if I'm numb, if I'm orgasmic, if I'm somewhere in between, if I'm grieving or I'm joyful, none of that matters. Because that's actually holding your own feminine in the most beautiful divine masculine energy within. It's like asking, like going to your partner or a friend, right? It doesn't even matter. Like, but just someone else and wanting them to hold space, but then they want you to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And it's like, that's not the, that's not supportive guys. Like I just want to be witness. I just want to be held in whatever experience I'm having, which I don't even know what that's going to be. Or like, do you ever, have you ever gone to a friend or your partner and you're, you start off and you think you're angry so you start off like, oh, I just need to vent. And then you're venting. And then five minutes in, you're crying. And then 10 minutes in, you're laughing, right? Like, I mean, that's the feminine experience, right? When we take the ride. And then at the end, we're like, oh, okay. I feel better. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love this notion of how can this masculine energy be supportive and hold a container that is actually allowing for the full spectrum, right? Because this is usually where the pleasure lies, not when we restrict ourselves to a certain outcome and say, like, gotta feel pleasure now. Yeah, um, yeah that feels really, oh, it feels spacious in my system to mm. be like, yeah. <laughs> let's utilize this. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, it feels like we open the pressure valve, like mm -hmm. on a steam pot and all the steam's coming out and you're like, oh, okay, I don't have to be in that pleasure space. That's not the way that I'm necessarily, because of course you're doing that because you're devoted. 
Mm. You're like, I want, I don't want to lose this part of myself. I don't want to lose. And so can we honor the part of you that's like really so committed and so mm. devoted? Like, okay, I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going. We're going to do this thing. We're going to do that thing. Right. But actually that process is white knuckling your pleasure, which is the exact opposite of how we actually allow arrows to move through us because we're tightening we're contracting instead of relaxing and letting what naturally happens. Life force is, it just exists. It's everywhere in a room. You could be sitting here and there's so much life force available to us in the air, in the plants that are here in every single inanimate object, even though it's not moving and it's not pulsating. It is, we don't see it. It's just our eyes as humans don't see it. The sound right? Like the colors that we're seeing, like everything is life force. And we feel numb and disconnected and don't feel it when we're going, oh, I must feel a certain way. <laughs> and we're then like closing. But if we let go and we just start to breathe and we start to take in like, okay, just, I know that there's like, like waveforms and like cells and molecules and just all sorts of shit that's alive in this room. And if we allow ourselves to open up into receiving it, holy shit, it changes everything. It really does. I'm sitting here like smiling all over my face and my shoulders have started to loosen up and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> It has a, a magical glittery quality, just, yeah, just receiving your words and the truth in it. It's just, oh, mm. delicious. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want you to bask in that for another little while. And there's another layer I want to get into, but yeah, just really feel that, like feel how it wakes up your system. just getting to be it's nearly like what we do to ourselves often is um, we think that when we get too material right like when we get too like 3d and we're like okay my hand is separate from the air around my hand it's like, well, yes. I mean, you look down and you're like, okay, I'm a separate being, <laughs> right? That's what it looks like. But then we know even through the science that that's total bullshit, that when we go into our hand, there's just a whole bunch of moving shit that's happening. And our eyes somehow see our hand as the separate being separate from the air around us. So not to go too far into like, you know, the, the philosophical and the meta, but like we are sponges and we have more space than we have material things in our being, even though we seem solid. And so the moment we just ah, let it go, it's like the, that space opens and it's like we become that sponge even more. And it's through that that we go, oh, now I feel alive and erotic. Right. And then there's certain spots that are catalysts, you know, our G spot or clitoris or our cervix, <laughs> et cetera, our hearts, our breasts. But like the truth is any single part of your body can do that. Mm -hmm. It took a long time for me to realize that. 
but to realize that, oh, I can turn my elbow into my clitoris. I can turn my throat into my cervix. And what I mean by that is that level of sensitivity can exist anywhere on your body. It just takes a letting go and a focusing and a breathing on those spots to go, oh, right, this can be my experience anywhere. Yeah, I'm feeling this a lot in my throat actually right now. Throat's a good place. It is. <laughs> so great. So that's one piece. The other piece I just want to, I want to come back to, we started touching on this, which is like your inner masculine and the importance of cultivating an inner masculine in you that is so permission giving, that is so allowing, that is so willing to let you feel everything and nothing. So if your feeling is I'm numb, if your feeling is I'm closed, I'm contracted, I'm repulsed, I don't want to, I am dry as a desert, your inner masculine is like, I see you, I hear you, we good. And the reason that that's important is because it is so hard for us to expect our partners to be permission giving, allowing, holding space for us, right? Because on the deepest level, that's what we want. Like, how does it feel in your system to know, theoretically, oh, my partner is going to be okay with all the fluctuations. Maybe I don't want to have sex for the first few months after I have a baby. Maybe that goes for a really long time. And they're just okay with it. They're okay. They're like, great, cool. Like, what does that feel like for you when you think about that as truly an, a possibility? Yeah, I feel, it's really funny because I felt so clearly that he is that permission giving. I am not. Mm. I am not. I would be freaking out. Just the thought of it is like, no fucking way. <laughs> I don't want to be that kind of cliche. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is in the process of you trying to avoid being that cliche, like you're very committed. I will not be the asexual mother. Don't mm -hmm. want to be the asexual mother. But white knuckling that gripping onto like, it has to be this way in itself may create that because it's closing you. It's blocking you. It's constricting you. It's putting all this fucking pressure on yourself that doesn't need to be there. And I wonder what it's like, because this is your mind, right? Your mind going, I don't want to be that type of person. I, that would be the worst person to be. I can't be that person, right? Like you have all these judgments about what it means to be that person. 
And what is it like if you gave your body the benefit of a doubt and really trusted her and trusted that if she's not feeling excited to be filled, that maybe there's a biological intelligence to it. I don't know the ins and outs of like postpartum, right? But I do know that there are fluctuations in hormones and there's so much that need, that your body needs to recover from what is a huge shift. And so sometimes, and it's going to be different for each body, but your body knows when she needs alone time to cocoon and recover. And when it's time to share energy again, or to actually be physically penetrated or to be even in orgasm and what type of orgasm, like she knows what's best. If you allow her. Oh, there is a lot opening. What felt like was contracted for quite a few weeks or months even. And it's like this, yeah, this deep, almost embodied understanding of like, I trust my menstrual cycle so much. I was so in tune with it. And I could trust this seasonality completely. Why not this one? Right? Like, what's the difference? And I guess it's inexperience and coming back to this void of like, there is nothing new to grasp yet. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. It's, it's because it is a, it's a new cycle, one you haven't been through. So why would you trust it? Like it's understandable that there's a part of you that wants to do it your way. And then we always remember, we get this medicine fed to us over and over again as humans till the day we die, I bet, that surrender is about letting go of our preferences. Mm. We don't get to decide. Sometimes our mind, our ego or whatever, we're like, oh yeah, I want it to be this way. And I'm just, I'm going to be that. I mean, the amount of women I know, especially because I have a lot of friends in their forties and they are having, you know, pregnancies a little bit later in their life. The amount of experiences I've heard about moms who are like, have this perfectly designed vision of, I'm going to have my home birth and my doula and my whatever, and I'm going to play my playlist. That's very, you know, and I'm going to do my breathing. <laughs> and it's like, that is not the way their birth goes, right? Like they're like, uh, they get sent to the hospital, they have a C-section, like it's, they have to take an epidural. Like, I mean, it's a whole bunch of stuff that they did not want to do. Their preference was the home birth. Their preference was holistic. Their preference was, okay, a whole playlist of a beautiful chorus playing in the background, but like 
it didn't go that way. It was fluorescent lights and knives and whatever, right? But what they will tell you and what I've heard over and over again was that that was the deepest medicine in surrender and trust. Mm -hmm. And that is the initiation into motherhood or into any new chapter of our identity and our journey is that we think it's going to go one way and maybe it does, right? And maybe it doesn't. (laughs) And we actually don't get to decide. I I really love that. I can feel my heart like expanding with mm-hmm. that truth of like also letting go of this death grip because it isn't my responsibility, right? And I I I can have preferences, yes, but I don't decide shit really. I mean, when it comes down to the bare truth. Not a lot I can decide. <laughs> what a freedom. Feels liberating. Yeah. Good. So, so good. Yeah, you know, and I think it's like there's also the distinction between like surrender and defeat or surrender and just losing consciousness. So you can continue to hold the North Star and the intention of like, I don't want to become that person that goes on autopilot, right? That's just like tired and I can't feel anything. Like, because I think that's what the true intention there is. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so we get to every so often come back and go, "Hmm, is there, how am I doing in that realm? Is there anything that can support me to shift this? And also, trusting that okay if my journey is that for six months after birth let's say I just don't feel I'm just not really feeling like mm, I'm in I'm not in the mood <laughs> at all <laughs> right like can I trust that and not so that after six months you've just forgotten and you feel so defeated that you don't even try anymore right like it's not that because that can sometimes happen and I think that's what you're trying to avoid but instead just being like all right I'm just watching this. I'm watching this, but I'm unattached. I have an intention, a desire, a longing. And also I'm trusting the wisdom of my body. I'm trusting where life is taking me, right? It's like, it's such a fine balance of the dance between Mm -hmm. your agency as a human and then also letting yourself surrender into your body's wisdom, the divinity in your life, you know, so on and so forth. And so it isn't, no one is saying, okay, surrender equals, okay, I just go on autopilot and okay, I'm just not going to try and, you know, whatever. I guess I'm just that person now, right? But instead to just be like, okay, I'm opening myself to whatever is true. That's it. I'm just always coming back to creating space for myself the way I'd like my partner to, and I can offer that within. My inner masculine is going to hold me, not judge me, just listen and hold space. 
and not try to fix it, solve it, come up with like a plan on how to go to the gym and how to get yourself, you know, I see all these, like still they have on Instagram, those accounts, like how I got my postpartum body back to pre-birth in two months. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't know that that's a good thing. Right. It's like, that's not, we're not trying to go back into anything. <laughs> You're going backwards. Why? Right. It's like, there's a new version of your body. There's a new version of your sexuality. There's a new version of your heart. All that's waiting on the other side. And yes, it's terrifying because change is terrifying. And also it's exhilarating. It's both. It really is. It really is. And to me, when, when I hear you summarize it in that way I feel like yeah my inner masculine there is some room for maturation there it really is and he's becoming a father too right like he he has to step up in a way as well and to not hold on to this to these old concepts in a way that this ambition gets crippling for my erotic energy because it's just stifling and deadening mm. but to also honor this ambition of like fuck yeah I don't want to be like this I love pleasure and I love sexuality and sensuality in all its form and it, it is important to me right so also seeing the beauty in that mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes Beautiful. Really, really great work. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show. And I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.